Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday, which at this time, which is 6.40 in the morning Pacific time for me. It's 7.40 Mountain Time, 8.40 Texas Time, and 9.40 Michigan and East Coast Time. And this morning is November 9th. 2021. For those of you that don't know who I am, I'm Susan Mann from Portland, Oregon. I come to you with an education background, but a huge interest in both health, nutrition, and exercise. And with that being said, that TR90 program is your one really good, clean, lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams or more of protein at at least three of those meals making sure to get um, plenty of water to stay hydrated. The current thinking is at least one ounce for every two pounds that you weigh. So if, for instance, you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking a minimum of 50 ounces of water. If you're exercising very heavily or if you're in a very humid area and perspiring um, copiously, you'll need to increase that so you Um, your water intake to offset what you're losing through perspiration. Also, take those supplements 15, 20 minutes before a meal, if at all possible. If it's not possible, just take, take them with your meals, and that will be of huge help to you as well. I have found that even when I was... But taking them with your meals, at least if you're not able to take them 15 to 20 minutes beforehand, is they'll still work. It's just not as optimum as it would be if you were taking it beforehand where those supplements have a chance to really work and help absorb the nutrients that are hitting your stomach. With that being said, seven to nine hours of rest daily is another key component of this, making sure to get plenty of sleep because that's one of those things that will affect how your program is working for you. Um, That the uh, 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise from um, at least 15 or at least 30 minutes a day, at least five days a week. Um, as you heard Frank say yesterday, that they, he and his wife Jennifer, they are always doing something. And yesterday I happened to know they were out for a hike and was out in an area that I'm going, oh, this is interesting. And they, he posted a picture on Facebook. So if you happen to see something on Facebook for Frank, then you have an idea where he's been. <laughs> And let's see, sleep, exercise, nutrition, seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables daily is another component because it gives you fiber, which according to Robert Lustig, that is half of your, um, half of the equation or the antidote for what he has studied for fat chance beating the odds against sugar, processed food, obesity, and disease. So fiber is half of the antidote, but the other half of the antidote, I'm sharing some more information with you, has to do with um, exercise. 
So I started sharing with you some information on that, and today we're going to start talking about the resting energy. So Rudy Leibel at Columbia University in 2004 was quoted as saying, obese people can tell him all the time that they eat very little. They eat like a bird. Well, maybe like a pterodactyl. Yet Rudy himself showed that in the response to weight loss, the resting energy expenditure declines commiserate with the number of pounds lost. Working to keep your weight stable so that you don't lose too much, don't blame your exercise regime. Blame your biochemistry. While you're burning more energy by going to that Zumba class, you're resting Energy expenditure, or REE, is going to thwart you by evening out your overall percentage. Fat cells want to remain filled. They aren't going away without a fight. And in response to a decline in either the leptin synthesis or the leptin signaling, which the hypothalamus interprets as starvation, the REE is reduced from 50 calories per kilogram fat-free mass to 42 calories per per kilogram for fat-free mass, or an improvement in energy efficiency of 16%, resulting in a decrease of total energy expenditure. I know, and it's got a really big question that comes after this one. So you can actually figure it out. Um, Or a decrease by about 10%. Assuming that the standard adult 2,000 calorie intake, that's a decrease of 200 calories, which easily rivals the increase in caloric intake that has been observed in the past 30 years. Furthermore, there are more, more <clears throat> there are more patients that have specific reductions in REE as part of their general pathology, as REE. EE accounts for the majority of energy expenditure. This is the greatest predictor of weight gain. Children with certain forms of developmental delay are born with a lack of muscle tone or called hypotonia and are floppy at birth. Children with various forms of mitochondrial dysfunction, for example, Prader-Willi syndrome, burn energy at rest at about 60 to 70% of normal. This means that they need fewer calories, but that means a lower leptin and their brain feels starved, jacking up the caloric intake. There is also the TEF, or thermic effect on food. You have to put food in to get energy out. Chewing and moving food through the GI tract, absorbing and processing food will burn some of the energy. The TEF usually accounts for about 10% or 200 calories per day of all energy burned. Many obese children are not hungry when they awaken, in part because many of them had a big snack or meal just before going Uh, just before bedtime. So their body's degree of energy burning is not ratcheted up prior to their departure for school. This is one reason among many 
that eating breakfast is important for prevention and treatment of obesity, especially in children. Not eating breakfast has many other disadvantages. It means not performing well on tests because of distraction due to lack of food. Not eating breakfast means that the stomach hormone ghrelin, which conveys the signal for hunger, is not suppressed throughout the morning. Obese people rationalize not eating breakfast by saying that that's one less meal's worth of calories. That couldn't be further from the truth. Numerous studies show that people who skip breakfast eat more during the daylight hours, in part because the ghrelin rises to high levels. This leads to overconsumption of calories at lunch, dinner, and prior to bedtime, all driving further obesity. Even though oxidation of fats liberates a lot of energy, a little bit of energy is spent making it work. Another way to take advantage of the TEF is, or the TEF, is to consume some form of protein at breakfast. Burning protein costs more energy than burning other foodstuffs. Protein does not stimulate insulin to the same extent as carbohydrates do and increases satiety better than other nutrients. So consuming some protein at breakfast is a smart and very defensible practice, which is part of the reason why we save 30 grams of protein at at least three of those meals. People who eat vegetable veggie omelets at breakfast are way less hungry at lunchtime. So he's given us a suggestion of what a person could potentially eat. Physical activity. Well, finally, physical activity, you can be completely sedentary or you can be an Olympic swimmer, Michael Phelps. The range of energy expenditure by physical activity that humans can achieve is quite remarkable, topped perhaps only by how many calories can be eaten. Phelps eats everything in sight on the order of about 12,000 calories a day. As hard as he works, he doesn't expend 12,000 calories in physical activity. Even marathon runners don't burn that kind of energy. The Cleveland Clinic Center for Consumer Health estimates that a 130-pound runner will burn, a, will burn 2,224 calories during a marathon. A 165-pound runner will burn... 2,822 calories, and a 210-pound runner will burn 3,593 calories. Yet Phelps can eat anything he wants, and he doesn't gain weight. It's, that's because exercise increases the number of mitochondria in the form of increased muscle. The increased muscle means you burn more energy at rest. So Michael Phelps has a higher REE than you do, and that's why exercise is good, because it builds muscle, and muscle burns energy even at rest. Physical activity is the most misunderstood aspect of the obesity medicine. Of obesity medicine. People think if they exercise, they will lose weight. That's a pipe dream. Many of the studies of exercise for obesity in children are free-range community interventions and use either weight or BMI, body mass index, as their outcome. 
but no amount of exercise is going to change BMI. Measure the, a measure of body size because BMI is the wrong outcome. And in the absence of environmental control, caloric intake will increase to meet the shortfall. Remember, your subcutaneous fat will actually be good for you. But as discussed in Chapter 8, the target of exercise is muscle and bone. So what does exercise actually, what it actually does? So if you're not going to lose weight, why go to spin class? Why is exercise so good for you? Diet is about pounds, exercise is about inches, diet is about weight, exercise is about health. Exercise does the one thing that dietary restriction does not. It builds muscle. This is a poorly understood concept because most people, including clinicians, equate BMI with body fat. BMI does not take into account the difference between muscle and fat or the difference between subcutaneous and visceral fat. Several studies have examined body composition before and after long-term exercise. What they show is the percentage of body fat declined. Absolutely true, but it's not because, but it's because muscle increased and in the process metabolic status improved, both because of the visceral fat went down a little and because the muscle went up a lot. You want to improve your insulin sensitivity and exercise does just that. It makes you build muscle at the expense of visceral and especially liver fat. But you can't see this by stepping on a scale. By improving insulin sensitivity and lowering insulin levels, exercise improves leptin signaling, thereby increasing your sympathetic tone energy expenditure, and the quality of life. These metabolic improvements translate into disease prevention. A study of 38,000 American men showed that physical activity was more potent in preventing heart disease than being a normal weight. But what about the ultimate outcome? Does exercise promote longevity? A recent study out of Taiwan looking at the death rates of over 400,000 subjects suggest that moderate intensity of exercise for 15 minutes a day could increase lifespan as much as three years, even in patients with known heart disease. And they didn't control for diet. If they had, they would have seen an even greater effect of exercise on longevity. Given that 15 minutes a day accounts for only 91 for only 91 waking hours of a year, or 273 hours in a three years, or a three-year life extension for 273 hours of exercise performed is a, a pretty darn good trade. And with that, tomorrow will, uh, not tomorrow, but Monday, we'll probably get more into the biochemistry of exercise. So let me take us off of mute since we've reached the end of our time for today so that we can say goodbye to each other. If you have any thoughts about um, subjects that you'd like for future calls, please feel free to share that. And if you want to hop over to Facebook, One Team Global Live, one of our leaders will be show, uh, explaining how to build your new skin business. 
And this is Susan Mann for December 9th, signing out. So there we have it, why we really should be exercising and how it affects some of our biochemistry. Tomorrow we'll have um, Victoria on and she'll be doing a meditation to help get us our weekend off on to a good start. Any thoughts or comments, anyone? Thank you, Susan. Oh, you're welcome. I know it's, this is pretty dry and pretty dense, but the information is really solid. Really like this part. <laughs> well, some 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 people like it and some people don't because it gets kind of dry. But on the other hand, it's it's some of the whys behind the way the program works. <laughs> And why that exercise is so important. And another reason why we need to be building muscle <laughs> and keeping that muscle tone. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, if there are no other comments, I'm going to let everyone go, and please come back for Victoria tomorrow. I know I will. I'm looking forward to finding out what she's going to share with us tomorrow for a meditation. <laughs> Take care, one and all. Okay, guys. See you in the morning. Okay. Bye.